opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Communications, staff, management, or advertisers. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you, you need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus, the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. people it's your movement now it's not your parents anymore the blood that is shed cries out to god from the ground for justice and now here's mark so we're going to be talking about social justice critical theory and christianity today on the mark harrington show with your radio activist mark harrington and you can find out more by going to markharrington.org. I'm also the director of Created Equal, the pro-life organization here based in Columbus that uh, goes out to high school and college campuses spreading the, uh, spreading the truth about abortion and the gospel. So we're going to be talking about social justice, critical theory, Christianity. Are they compatible? Uh, that's what we'll be talking about today on the program and i have as my guest here today eric chabot and eric is the founder and director of ratio christie at the ohio state university is also the director of ratio christie at columbus state uh, community college here in the columbus area and i wanted to bring eric on because eric is a veteran of uh, campus outreach evangelism apologetics on college campuses all across America. So Eric, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. Good to be here. So let's let's dive right in. We got short time together. So I want to jump in here. Um, the reason why I wanted to bring you on is because you presented to our interns. You look right there. You, you, can, you presented to our interns uh, a while back a little bit about critical theory. And, a lot of our listeners, our viewers, won't even know what that is. Uh, so let's just start out there. In fact, I didn't know six months ago, frankly. I mean, I hadn't been really paying all that much attention. I, you know, I hear all of this stuff. It was never really uh, brought to my attention under this banner of critical theory. If you would, kind of describe what we're talking about here. Well, to be honest, I'm just like you. I didn't know that much about it till the last four or five months either when the uh, you know the riots broke out and all the issues in our country. So... Uh, critical theory is something that's been taught on campuses for a long time. It's, I mean, the word critical is just where you're, you're criticizing something or being using mm -hmm. your critical mind to evaluate something. So it's a way to try to bring change in our society. And so really what it does is it analyzes um, oppressed groups. Uh, for example, if you're mm -hmm. an oppressed group, whether you're a minority, uh, an ethnicity, or whether it's a sexual issue, like an uh, issue of the transgender community or the gay community, it's where... Uh, critical theory comes along and says, well, this group is the oppressed group and who's oppressing them? And so they really want to get behind the, the the social structures that are causing this. It's not so much about taking individual responsibility, whereas like in a Christian, Christian world where we believe that people that oppress others because of power plays, you know, they want to get power of another group um, is an issue of sin and it's wrong. You know, we need to repent and mm -hmm. look at everybody's are created equal. They're all image bearers of God. Critical theory comes along and really says, well, you know, this is the oppressed group. We need to find out 
in society, what's behind that? We need to change the social structures of society. That's the issue. So we change it through changing key social structures. So it's about power. It's about getting behind the power, what's behind that. Now, people that are oppressing others um, in critical theory, you may not even know you're an oppressor. And so, for example, with the with the racial tensions that are going on, some people may say, well, critical theory comes along and says, well, you know, whites may not really know they're the oppressor here and right. oppressing the uh, the black community. And we need to change that. And so uh, whereas we believe that uh, all people sh have a common shared humanity, whereas we're all image bearers of God, critical theory breaks things up into class. Um, people are broken up into classes. And the core, the thing about critical theory is they're big on identity. And so you're part of a group. And so if you're an oppressed group like the transgender community or the black community or the gay community, you find your core identity in that group. And then you mm -hmm. have to overcome that through changing key social structures. So everything happens as part of the social ills of society. It's not so much about taking individual responsibility and repenting and changing your heart about people and being people's image bearers of God. So Critical theory is all over the campuses. Um, it's certainly playing a role in the racial tensions that are out there uh, right now in our society. And you talk about systemic racism, things like that. So it's been around for a while. It's not something that's new. It's, right. de it's definitely entrenched a little bit with Marxism. Um, there's some Marxism elements to it. So it is something that's out there and uh, it's happening. I see it more and more. You know, right. it's everywhere. Right. My guest is Eric Chabot. He's the uh, director of Ratio Christie at Ohio State University. And we're talking about critical theory today and social justice and all those things. And it, as it relates to the church as well, uh, you know, we used to call it identity politics. It's it's a part of it. Right. Identifying by group rather than our you know, shared humanity, as you say, uh, you know, the oppressed groups. You've got racial groups, sexual orientation, gender identity, physical ability, age, weight, <laughs> ableness. Right. These are all the different. And then you talk about intersectionality. Right. What is that? <laughs> that was that's where they they merge together. Yeah. Right. Merge. And so if you the more more oppressed groups that you're a part of, the more that you apparently have a grievance. Right. Right. Well, the key is you hit the nail on the head, this issue of identity. And, uh, you know, I started to see the issue with identity before this whole thing even broke out. Um, I've been teaching a lot of identity for years, like just in apologetic classes. I think that's one of the biggest worldview questions when we train Christians, young Christians like you do in worldview. We right. want to stress that one of the big worldview questions is always identity, you know, where we come from, where we're headed, you know, our, you know, but identity is a huge worldview question. We want to stress that, of course, our key identity is that we're image bearers of God and we all have that shared humanity. But in critical theory, it just becomes, it overtakes the, the group where their identity becomes so entrenched in their group that uh, it almost is so unhealthy as we see. I mean, you know, it's not that ethnicity doesn't matter in the Bible. For example, like God, I believe we all share, you know, we're all one human race. I don't think there's races in the Bible and I believe we have different ethnicities, but it's obvious that a lot of people find their core identity in their ethnicity and that becomes the only thing that matters. And so when, whatever we place our identity with where it becomes the most paramount issue, that can be kind of dangerous. It's not that our identities don't matter in those things, but our core identity, of course, we believe is that we're image bearers of God identified right. in Christ. Right. And that's what we're trying to get people to see that they can share that with us. But it's very challenging these days. Yeah, especially now with the uh, the rise of Black Lives Matter. Um, and you know, I want to talk about that, too, is, is it, this has kind of gone along with it, right? Right. With Black Lives Matter. And obviously, we all believe that Black Lives Matter. I think it goes without saying or should anyway. But we at Created Equal have been addressing the issue of what the organization, the movement stands for. 
Uh, it's anti-Christian, and therefore we can't support it. We can support the goal, <laughs> the belief that all black lives, all lives matter, but not the organization itself. How do you, uh, you know, it's making headway, though. If you look mm -hmm. at it on, you know, social media and other things, uh, people are buying into it, uh, buying into the movement, if you will. Evangelicals, evangelical leaders, churches, and so forth are being swept up in this Black Lives Matter movement itself. How do you see that? I mean, you deal with it all the time because you're training people in apologetics. Yeah, well, it's just probably as you've seen when this whole thing broke out. I mean, of course, it's been around longer than the past six right. months. But right. as we say, obviously, we believe Black Lives Matter. But when I started to look at the organization myself, what they represent and their belief system, which is on their website, I said to myself, well, obviously, I can't agree that this is compatible with a Christian worldview and some of their goals and what they believe, their view of the family, their view of sexuality, some other issues. And so the problem we're having is that a lot of Christians are jumping on it, but they don't really seem to know much about the organization. Then if you criticize the organization, sometimes you're viewed as racist. Right. So that gets really tricky, you know, when all you're trying to do is just be critical and be, have a critical mind right. and really ask people to say, is this So really why do you compatible? think people jump on I think, quickly? Because they think, all do. I, mean, I think we're living in a bandwagon culture that we tend to... Now, the people that aren't, I would say a lot of people need a cause and they need a purpose. And so I think that this has given them something to do. Like it's mm -hmm. a very, it's a, it's a purpose in life. Now right. for us as Christians, I'm really surprised that we would be so quick to jump on it because it shows how we just don't slow down. As I to tell people, so. slow down and, and get the information, then make a judgment versus just jumping on a bandwagon. I would think that we'd be better at that and not being so quick to jump on a bandwagon. But as you see, a lot of Christians don't aren't any different than the culture around us. And so that's the problem is we need to train people how to slow down and just evaluate and make good judgments. But it's very hard because it's a lot of it's very emotional. And so uh, that's the biggest issue we're doing, too, is a lot of emotions these days. It's not right. the emotions are all bad, but people are just jumping on something that they feel emotionally attracted to. Right. So it's very, very challenging. But we have a job to equip and train people. And, you know, if they want to listen, they want to listen. I hope they will. You, you do that, you know, equipping and training people. Right. Well, things have changed, I think. Uh on college campuses over the last year or so. Uh, we don't know what to expect this fall, actually. And I'm, we're not even certain that most of the schools are even going to be open, <laughs> for that matter. So we at Created Equal, I'm sure you're looking at that and wondering what, what kind of environment we're going to be encountering on college campuses. I can tell you this, over the summer, ever since COVID and now with uh, Black Lives Matter, we are now getting routinely threatened. Uh, the, I mean, the temperature has just been raised a whole bunch. You can hardly bring this up without people getting upset. And we're really uh, going to be uh, trying to figure out a way to present our message without inflaming. I mean, we already <laughs> we use the victim photo, so it's already difficult as it is. Uh, we're really concerned about what it's going to look like on college campuses. What about you? I mean, you're well, in Ohio State uh, yeah. regularly with ratio. Right. Well, Ohio State is coming back for the fall. Columbus right. State is not opening, as we know. But I don't know what it's going to be like. But the areas that I'm going to focus on, I think when we get out there, is what I did this summer a little bit. Let's talk about where your concept of justice comes from, injustice, mm -hmm. morality, moral obligations, moral duties. And then why do people matter at all? Why, right. why are you out there defending the dignity and rights of a specific people group? Why does anyone matter if God doesn't exist? I mean, can you give me a worldview that grounds rights and equality? You know all this already. But I right. mean, you know, I think that that's what we need to be targeting with people is why are they out there protesting this stuff? Just like when I was downtown this summer, I challenged a couple of girls in a, in a kind way that 
I asked them where their concept of justice and injustice came from. They didn't really know. They didn't know how to explain why people matter. They didn't know about morality. So, I mean, they were kind of like, well, I never thought about this. Well, don't you think you should know why you're out protesting? Right. <laughs> you should know these things. And so. I well, there actually could be some common ground there, right? Yeah, I mean, because I, we're right. it's because we're made in the image of God that we care. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Everything right. flows from that. Right. right. And so I think we have an opportunity to kind of go in that direction. But mm -hmm. now whether we'll be able to do it and what it'll look like, I don't know. But I think that's the direction we're going to go in with our outreaches to try to go down that road. So that's what we're going to do. And I hope it'll work out. We've got some some questions we do and some uh, some visual aids to help us. And I'm hoping that people will want to talk about it. I think they will, <laughs> given the way our campus is. But now yeah. we have an election coming up, as you know, and that's going to cause a lot of heated discussions. And we don't really get too much into politics and what we do. But, you know, I, it is going to be heated this fall. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but we'll we'll do our best to try. As like we will as well. So right. you're listening to your radio activists here on the Mark Harrington Show. You can go to markharrington.org to find out more. I'm speaking to Eric Chabot. He's with Ratio Christie at Ohio State University and Columbus State Community College that are based here in the Columbus, Ohio area, central Ohio. And we're talking about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about contemporary critical theory and how that uh, you know is going to affect the way we go about trying to approach people on pro-life issues or apologetics generally, the gospel, evangelism, all that. I think it's going to be affected. And you got to get up to date on this. Uh, uh, Eric, what, what is your website? And, uh, you know, I took a lot of this information from uh, on critical theory from your website. What, what is it? So uh, my personal website is called thinkapologetics.com. Thinkapologetics.com. Right, right um, yeah. If you want to read about critical theory, though, there is a free booklet on it at the Ratio Christie website. If you type in critical theory, Ratio Christie, R-A-T-I-O, then Christie with an I, and you type in critical theory, uh, a book you can download it for free the pdf okay so that's a free booklet that someone put out on the website but it's important to get educated about it i think Amen. a lot of people just don't know about it yeah well here's the thing folks if you don't know what critical theory is you need to know i mean fact the fact is it's happening you it, you'll recognize when you read the booklet mm -hmm. you'll see oh mm -hmm. i see what's happening because mm -hmm. it's out in front of us on media and everything that's going on with black lives matter and mm -hmm. other things so you'll identify it you just never really put a term to it mm -hmm. but now you'll know oh critical theory this is something that isn't new uh where does it find its uh roots apparently with the in the, the 1920s where, where did it come yeah from? 40s i mean it's it goes back to there's a lot of uh, Germany. There was a lot of German thinkers that had it. Um, it's not anything new, but it does have some ties with Marxist ideas. Um, but yeah, the 20s. And what are the, the ties? Because yeah. I think people, you know, we say people are Marxist, neo-Marxist, well, I mean, cultural you know, Marxism. The problem is with Marx, you know, you break people into classes. You know, right. everything's broken down into to really seeing people through the eyes of classes. And that doesn't really give a shared humanity of any kind. And so um, of course, Marx was not for religion, as we know. I mean, he thought it was a, and you'd have, obviously Marxism is tied in with a materialistic view of reality, um, which is incompatible with, with Christianity. But I don't really think that everyone that gets involved with um, critical theory of Black Lives Matter knows, you know, doesn't know everything about Marxism and the history. Now, I mean, some of the leaders in Black Lives Matter, as we know, have said they have Marxist training and things. Right. And they have come out and said that. But and I don't really think that if you study Marxism, the history of Marxism in society, like in Russia, you'll see that it's really helped right. societies thrive, you know. And so if you want to be part of something that is espousing Marxism ideas, that's not the route to go. So hopefully people get educated about it. But it's just sadly. Well, so isn't it because of the failure of Marxism that it's kind of morphed into not just economic classes. Now it's 
classes based on race, ethnicity, yes. sexuality, yes. age, all those things. Right, exactly. And uh, all this breaking down, you know, and, and see the group identity issue is a huge mm. issue. And so we've got to help people to see their where their core identity could be if they'll take a look at it. Right. <laughs> so let's deal with that. You know, Christians, we believe that our identity is found in Jesus Christ. We're made in the image of God. Why isn't critical theory, as we know it, contemporary critical theory, compatible with Christianity? Just in a, uh, we've talked about it already a little bit, but why? Because churches are are buying in. I mean, with some of this stuff with Black Lives Matter, it's very appealing, right? To to, to deal with this that way. Well, I think that some of the problems are that you don't really have seem to have an end goal with it. It's not really providing any solutions. All it's point it's criticizing, pointing out the problems that are there. Hey, mm -hmm. we've got a systemic racism problem. Now, mm -hmm. if someone makes that comment, I, I always say to people, if you're gonna say something, if you want to you can assert whatever you want, but now I need evidence and data to back up the assertion. And so if there's systemic racism within the police department or society or the business world. Give me the evidence I want to say. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm right. just saying I need to see the evidence and mm -hmm. data. But in critical theory, a lot of times they put a lot of weight on, on personal experience. Right. And so lived if you've ex experience, lived right. experience, if, right. you've, if you've experienced racism in your life and it's just there. And the problem is it's a trump card, really, isn't it? Right. And so Candy you and I can way. be blind as a bat and we just don't see it. And so they're trying to show us, no, you're part of the problem. You just don't know it. Well, OK, if I am, show me how and show me the, you know, right. the evidence that I am. And so critical theory definitely doesn't really seem to provide any real solutions, whereas we have a solution that humans have fundamentally a problem that we're all separated from God. We need to view people as image bearers of God. We need to be reconciled to God. And so there's no forgiveness or reconciliation in critical theory. Right. That's one of the main problems we have, why it's not compatible with Christianity. Right. And so we have a solution if we can get people there. Yeah. But, you know, it's just hard to, to at this point, I don't see any solutions, you know, really. I mean, if you want to have legislation passed, that's great. But I mean, is legislation really going to fix the problem? Completely? No, because it's an issue of the heart, is it not? Yeah. Laws yeah. are OK. They're deterrents, but they don't totally fix the problem, as we right. know. And so. Well, it's interesting because I've had debates, as you have, about Black Lives Matter and, and racism and so forth. And and I basically, you know, I I don't believe I have a racist bone in my body. And if I do it and if I've been racist or, or, or towards someone, I'll go to them directly. Mm -hmm. I'll repent. I'll ask for forgiveness. And there's reconciliation. Right. But see, I don't have to, apparently, according to critical theory, I don't have to be a racist to be part of that oppressor group, which I am a white male. Right. 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 I mean, right. kind of that's what works. So, so I'm living in a kind of in, 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 in a denial, if you will. Uh, the book that's been, you know, making its way around, which we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on, White Fragility, right. you know, right. from Robin DiAngelo. Right. About how we really, yeah, right. that we're, we're, we're living in denial about all this and we're uncomfortable bringing it up, even though. Uh, can you speak to that? Because I think it's kind of this group uh, guilt thing, white, white privilege, white guilt. Right. Well, I mean, like I said, I think that critical theory puts a lot of emphasis not on individual repentance and right. sin like where we right. do it whereas we have to take responsibility they put it on society it's a societal societal ill that's right. there and so it's social forces that are at work and you're part of those social forces and you don't see it right. and so i think that what we have to do is show people that that's not really going to change the issue you know what i mean the people are the problem i mean right. we're we're the problem and so how how is changing a social structure um and how are you going to go about doing it like what do you what do you do if you fundamentally 
<laughs> yeah, if you fundamentally have to change America from right. the core, the bottom up, that it's fundamentally racist. I mean, how are you going to do that? Well, I mean, first of all, you have to show the evidence and and that it's there. You know what I mean? But ultimately, you have individuals are the problem. Like you said, if I'm racist towards somebody, I have to go to them and repent and tell right. them. And then you have to define what racism is, too. Is it is it, you know, do you think one group superior to the other, a certain people group? Or do you think certain people group deserve privileges more privileges in the other group and you have to define what it is now my view is if you're going to say somebody's racist then i definitely think you need to provide evidence like if someone comes to me and says mark's racist i'm like well you got to give me evidence hardcore evidence that that assertion is true like i'm not just going to accept your opinion like what is it that, that can you give me you know mm -hmm. so those are the issues we're dealing with but yeah changing society or it's it's going to be awfully tough because society is made up of individuals, right? And so you have to look at the individuals and, and our attitudes and actions that need transformation through the gospel. So that's right. the way I view it. Yeah. Well, social justice is a big, uh, big deal nowadays. Lots of people jumping on that as a bandwagon, social justice warriors, we know. And I, I've often said, if you're, if you're a social justice person and you ignore the plight of the unborn, then I really don't have a whole lot of time for you, frankly. I mean, if you're, if you've got a huge blind spot when it comes to, I think, the biggest social injustice issue facing our culture, uh, then maybe, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of, uh, room to discuss this. How do you feel about that? I mean, it, it, it seems to me that, you know, Black Lives Matter, the movement itself, they're pro-abortion, they're pro-abortion. And yet millions of American Christians, evangelicals are jumping on board that bandwagon, but yet ignore the plight of the unborn. Well, it's back to the same issue. If you're going to fight for people and believe a certain people group is being oppressed or there's an injustice, we're back to the issue of your main mission is to show people that Children, those are children that right. you're oppressing and they're that's an injustice against them so if you can't fight for them who can't speak for themselves <laughs> how can right. you fight for somebody that's whether they're age 2 10 20 20 25 50 years old and so you're right, right it is one of the huge injustice that they would not even care about that now as far as Christians not caring or not knowing, I think they're just ignorant. I mean, you know, there's there's good ignorance. Well, that's good true. ignorance and bad ignorance. Plus, plus, it's popular. I mean, the Black right. Lives Matter movement is popular. Being in defense of the unborn is not. Right. You don't have a constituency that attends your church and pays tithes and votes and all of those things, right? right that you can appeal to. Right. Uh, it's a popular thing to jump on a Black Lives Matter. I'm not saying that's the only reason people do it, but they're not going to get much blowback. But when you support uh, defending the preborn. You're going to get a lot of blowback. Right. Well, yeah, you know this better than I do. And so it's an issue of being, you know, worried about what other people think and all those issues. And so obviously you you take a huge there's a huge cost to pay when what you do, but you're defending people and, and Black Lives Matter is defending people. So mm -hmm. what's the difference? We should have what, common ground. It's always I say, like I always say, like, you know, this is they say this is a huge injustice, which I agree there's injustices out there and the racial issues, but why is it any greater injustice than than any other issue, like defending the unborn or anti-Semitism or right. human trafficking? I mean, they're all injustices. Right. That's right. Some people are called the different things, you know, and so we need to show each other grace in that area instead of saying this is the only area that matters in God's eyes. Well, we hear that all the time. If we're not out, you know, petitioning and, and protesting on behalf of Black Lives Matter, then we can't speak uh, for the unborn. We hear it all the time. Right. So, Eric, we got about a, two minutes left. I want to wrap this up. Let's speak to the Christian who's listening and watching out there that uh, has heard some of this, you know, somewhere, but never put a label on it, uh, you know, as critical theory. 
And I just want you to address that if you would and exhort them to, you know, do their due diligence to, to investigate, read, discern, right. And know mm -hmm. what's going on in culture. So we can, you know, face these issues, especially as we head out to college campuses. So if you would take a minute and just wrap it up. Right. Well, I, I just want to say, if you're going to invest your time, energy, thoughts, uh, emotions into something like this, you need to be informed. And it's very important as a Christian, you know, you're called to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind to be a disciple of Jesus. And that means you're called to be a critical thinker. And so mm -hmm. you want to make sure you have all the information and do your homework before you take positions on things. A lot of times we're just jumping on bandwagons without all the information because it's trendy. So I encourage you to go to that website, like I said, on Ratio Christie, R-A-T-I-O, Christie with an I. Read that little booklet called Critical Theory. It's a PDF, but just make sure you Say that again. Uh, Ratio Christie, R-A-T-I-O. And then Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I, -I, and then okay. type in critical theory PDF, okay. and you can read that. So make sure you just educate yourself before you jump out and start taking positions on things, because you'll look, you'll definitely, you're honoring God when you do that, you know, really helps. So that's what I would say. I appreciate it. My guest has been Eric Chabot. He's the uh, director of the Ohio State University Ratio Christie organization out doing apologetics and evangelism on college campuses in this area. And also, uh, it's, it's been helpful in our organization in training our interns each summer on apologetics, especially this summer we talked about critical theory. And so we are now really on it. <laughs> we are on it here because we're going to be facing this as we go out this fall on college campuses. And so will you as well, Eric. And we'll be praying for you as you go out. So I'll thanks be praying for, for you too. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.